This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. It's a new year, and that means plenty of predictions and prognostications about what's ahead. So what's next for the design world? What are the trends that designers will embrace this year, and which will they discard, considering them long past their sell-by date? Are deeply colored rooms gaining in popularity, or are they on their way out? What about chintzes and florals? Scenic wallpapers? New York Magazine has already declared 2021 the year of the return of the white, slip-covered, shabby-chic sofa. The Wall Street Journal has announced that an outdoor shower is the ultimate design trend for 2021. Should we pay attention to any of this? And why do we even care about trends anyway? To make sense of all this, I'm pleased to have with me today three acclaimed and influential designers from three different regions of the country. First, I want to welcome Los Angeles designer Bridget Romanic. Her designs for hotels, shops, and residences, many of them for celebrity clients, are clean-lined yet lush, boldly graphic yet cozy, and always have a sunstruck L.A. vibe. Hello, Bridget. Hi. (laughs) Michelle Smith-Boyd is based in Atlanta, where he creates fashion-forward, lukes, and even swanky residences and hospitality projects. His aesthetic is richly layered, eclectic, and always incorporates a bit of glamour. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Luke's. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica Schuster is a Manhattan-based designer who has worked in New York, Palm Beach, and her native Boston. Her rooms mix graphic, modern furnishings with sumptuous textiles and surfaces, vivid colors, and bohemian touches. Hello, Jessica. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're all here. Now, I want to get a sense from you guys. I mean, I was in the magazine business for years. You know, Cherish, we always promote trends. Because people want to know what's new, people want to know what's ahead, what they should be looking at. But how important are trends really to your work on a day-to-day basis? So, Bridget, why don't we start with you? How do trends affect my work? They don't. They absolutely don't. I think that for me, I design all through feel. Right. So I walk into a space and I sort of I feel it out. Trends are good. You know, it's nice to know what people are predicting or what they think is going to be great this year. That's nice to know, but it has zero impact on how and what I design. But it is always nice to see new things. Of course, that's part of our job, but doesn't affect it at all. Because I I hope to make interiors that last and last and last and last and not something that's just of the moment. Right. And what about you, Jessica? Are you impressed that gray is the color of the year or that people are saying, (laughs) you know, white shabby chic? How much attention do you pay? Honestly, uh, Bridget kind of just spoke so eloquently and, and took the words right out of my mouth. I feel the same. I really don't pay attention to trends. I appreciate them because I think that that is a very business minded approach to what keeps interest in this business. And it helps people who necessarily can't afford a designer or keep them in the know, but it doesn't at all affect sort of what I do. I I don't even know 
what a trend <laughs> is really at the end of the day. I mean, I, I could tell you, I do, I did a little thinking about this because trends is like a thing for me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't ever pay attention to trends, but trends that I think that could be happening this year, which probably won't really have much to do with my design work personally. And Michelle, what about you? Because we can all say we're above trends. We don't care about trends, but I'm not sure. What about your clients? That's just it. I think that they care. And so because they care, I feel like it's my job to know what the trends are. I like to be versed in all those things. Do I pay attention to them? No. But I should know what they are so I can at least have a fluent conversation with said client, right? But I don't think that trends are specifically meant for people with a point of view, especially as far as design goes. You know, we're professionals. This is our life. This is our passion. And we do all this homework and figure out what our aesthetic is. And hopefully that lends itself to what Bridget said, classic, timeless interiors. And there's no place for trends in that. If it happens to be on trend, uh, then great. (laughs) But I think anything timeless and beautiful should always be the standard. Okay, and I think that's all wonderful, but I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, you guys, <laughs> because I've, you know, I'm older than you guys, and I've been around a long time, and I have seen trends, fashion, passions, whatever you want to call them, I have seen them come and go. Now, clearly, design isn't as speedy as the fashion world in terms of hemlines going up and down, shoulders getting big, shoulders getting all of that, but there are trends. Like I know when I first came to New York City, Mission Furniture was everywhere. Everybody wanted Mission Furniture. Now, when was the last time you guys used a piece of Mission Furniture in any of your work, if ever? Never. Yeah, no. And I have no plans to do you so. You know, and then the next <laughs> the next passion was for Biedermeier, you know? Mm-hmm. And I succumbed to Biedermeier. I love Biedermeier. I still love it. And it's kind of timeless, but it's not in fashion. It's not a trend. Okay, Michael, point taken. We are affected because we can only buy what's available, right? Well, exactly. And you see things. You're right. Okay, so point taken. I started using brass more so because Minoti made it chic again. And then we see it trickle down into all the light fixtures and all the cabinet hardware. We're not using chrome anymore. We're using bronze. And now I'm using black most of the time. So I accept that we are. I didn't even have to twist your arm, Michelle. (laughs) Well, no, I, I I want to be transparent. I want to be transparent. Like if the color of the year happens to be, I don't know, Pepto pink, then, oh, well, I'm not going to be on trend. What if it works? You don't like pink? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not Pepto. Not Pepto. (laughs) Maybe a little bubble gum or a little dusty pink. (laughs) Yeah, I work really closely with paint companies. So it's really a big deal, the trends that they set, right? And what, what we put out there. But it's usually always something very true to me. But yeah, I guess we, we are affected, but not quite as much as the industry. Well, I think the other thing is you guys are sort of trendsetters, not trend followers. Right. And I think that we don't expect you to look at what everybody else is looking at, but you guys are what they're looking at. Jessica, what do you think in terms of when you do like a room, your fantastic room at Kips Bay, uh, Palm Beach Show House, for example, that was very vivid and fresh. Was that something you'd been thinking about? Was it influenced by something? No, that was all feel. That was just what I was feeling in that moment, what I wanted to express. And I kind of just went for it. It developed. It came to you in a dream. It did. Design is buildable, right? So, I mean, it's all about a feeling. It starts for me with a feeling when I walk into a space. Doing a show house or doing something for yourself as a designer is 
more challenging because you get to express that inner artistic version of yourself that you don't always get to express with clients because you're a little bit more tailored or mainstream. But I like to really go for it when I'm doing it for myself. And I think that that was a buildable process. It started with an idea. It started with a, a line drawing, a Picasso drawing. And then that sort of spawned the idea into doing the plaster work that I did in that room. And then the colors were sort of informed by that. And I knew I wanted to use a bright royal blue and reds and, so, and, and, and have it be very graphic and black and white. So it was something that I don't normally do, but it was something that I felt like needed to be expressed inside of my brain. And it was just, that was like that beautiful design process that kind of just happens when it's like magic. And at the end, you're like, wow, okay, that was fun. And I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad that that came out and it was expressed. So Bridget, what about you in terms of like, like I know that you have a sort of elevated LA vibe, but you also have a lot of more traditional elements that you use and paneling and that kind of thing. Is that something that you've seen in other rooms that you wanted to emulate? Is it just something that comes with the architecture of the project that you're working on? Do you think of it as like, oh, I'm really into like wood paneling at the moment, or I'm really into... White sofas, as New York Magazine tells us we should be, or... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a very organic process. You know, in design is a muscle. We also keep working on it and keep uh, researching and learning and growing. And I think a room will speak to me. So I sort of take this, I have my clients in mind, I have the building itself in mind, and I have what they want to feel, what I want them to feel. So all this sort of comes together and I put it in a pot and I come out hopefully with like a great, a great meal, right? I want there to be soul in whatever room I'm creating. I want it to have a soulful feel to it, just meaning that there's going to be life in this room or there was life in these walls before. I want it all to be elevated and enhanced. And before I try to take something away, I try to see if I can work with it. So I've never put paneling in a room it, like it was existing and original to the house and I'm I'm very lucky in that I don't have one type of style that I like or I'll just go to I love everything I love a good modern I love a good Spanish I love design and so and interiors and and like it really is my passion I try to work with what's there and bring out the best in that first. And if it's a new build, that can be really fun because the sky's the limit. And it is really important that we research, know our jobs. It's important that we are on top of things and always hungry and curious for what we can learn and how we can grow. And I try to bring that to my interiors. So if I had to say what my style is, it's always eclectic. It's just eclectic. And I pull from every period. All the pieces have to live together harmoniously, but I pull from everywhere. There's no one set period or one set idea or one set look. And, you know, California is very much a place where, you know, living is, you want it to be comfortable. You want it to be beautiful, but you want it to also be comfortable and relaxed. I try to bring in all the, the different elements from wherever sort of am. So if I'm working in London, I don't necessarily bring in a white Chevy. So, you know, it just depends. Right. Well, and really the California lifestyle has been a trend for 50 years now. Yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> wants that and has continued to want it. And I think in light of COVID with the indoor-outdoor, everybody wishes they were living in LA. Believe me, in January in Manhattan, right. I wish I was in LA. 
I would say outdoor is the new indoor. That's my trend. <laughs> you know, especially yeah. being in LA. That's a trend. You know? Okay, we'll go. go with there that. There you go. Bring it all back. <laughs> so we'll go with that. I would say the South Coast is the new East Coast. That's also a trend. Okay. <laughs> all right, Michelle, what's your favorite new trend that you just made up? <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> I think luxury is the new black. How about that? Luxury is the new black. I love it. I'm taking that. Okay. (laughs) So you all see a lot of stuff. When I was an editor, I saw a ton of stuff. I still see a lot of stuff. But do you go to markets, design fairs? Is that something you look, do you get it? How do you get it? You find out things on Instagram, via the magazines. Because when you go to those fairs, you really know what the trend is or really what the trend has been for the previous two, three years. And now it's interpreted commercially. I remember one year going to Maison Auger and everything was either gray or orange. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't find anything that wasn't gray or orange, you know? And it's like, oh my God, I'm so sick of that. But, you know, lacquered furniture, lacquered walls. How do you find things and how do you know what to disregard? It's weird. I feel like it's it's instinctive. Don't you guys feel that way? When you oh, see yeah. it, you're like, oh my God. That, I'm taking that little element and I'm going to add it to my repertoire. When you go to market, when you go to fairs and so forth, everything isn't going to work because we don't need anybody to hand us a POV. But I will take an element and make it mine. I'm obsessed with lacquered walls right now. We're doing ceilings in the house because that's really easy to do. For me, and this is going to sound so cliche, but I swear to you, it's the truth. My trends, my palettes come from runways all the time. I take a lot of cues from fashion. I can look at a Tom Ford show and decide, oh my God, I cannot wait for a house to kill this this palette. Like he's mixing chocolate browns with lavenders. Who the, what the, who, who does that? And I'm thinking how that's a silk moray wall covering and a beautiful little slipper chair in a ladies lounge. You know what I mean? It, really kind of begats that kind of imaginative thing for me. So runways are my favorite because if you look good in it, you're going to look good surrounded by it. And clients wonder why, why does this feel so good? It's different, but I love it. It's because you've seen it before. It's familiar. You just don't remember where. And it's my job to merge those worlds. And that's interesting. That's one of the things I was actually thinking about getting ready for this thing was it used to be when the fashion magazines were thick with ads, which Hopefully we'll come back at some point. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Yeah. But they used to have several fashion designers. Tom Ford was one of them. And that's what I was thinking about Michael Kors did. They used to photograph their fashions in rooms, in interiors that you would see, a Neutra house or a Park Avenue apartment. So I guess my question to you is, in terms of what you're seeing in, on the fashion runways, or the way we're dressing now, which is very differently thanks to COVID, and but hopefully we're coming out of our cocoons by the summer. Is there an aesthetic that you think crosses over from fashion to interiors? Bridget, what about you? You're in the center of fashion center there in LA. What do you see? Oh, absolutely. I think they're sort of part of the same the same thing, really. I mean, it's your clothing can be, you know, your love letter to yourself, your statement to yourself, your armor, the same that your house can be, you know, and the furnishings that you pick. It's sort of that same thought process. It's that same sort of creative gene, how you represent yourself to the world. And so they go together beautifully. It just, it makes a lot of sense. And so I love what Michelle was saying, how he looks at fashion. I just think that that is a really clever and interesting way to approach what he's doing in his design. And I've seen his design. It's absolutely beautiful. Jessica, too. So (laughs) so I think that's really clever. But it is. It's all part of 
the same thing. And I do think that looking at um, great fashion books or looking at interior books, it's that's that same feeling, you know, that's that creative yeah. creativity. Do you right? guys it's get the, judged from textiles? Like textiles. Is, yes, I was thing. just gonna say textile books. I look it's at all thing. textile oh books. Yeah. Oh my God. Like Indian textiles. Yes. 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 Yeah. I spend a lot of time at Strand. Oh, the Strand used bookstore, yeah. I miss that. I lived in yeah. New York for a long time, so I get it. But just magazines gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yes. But like just touching a textile can change your life and really your point of view. I was much more maximalist from the beginning up until, I don't know, last week. And, <laughs> um, and Well, here's now, a trend. <laughs> right? I finally realized, and this is, I don't know, maybe it's my therapy, I don't know, but I really feel that I might have been looking at some of the rooms in the past, like, Michelle, you were overcompensating. This is me editing myself. You were designing like you had something to prove. And now I can make that same statement. I can tell that story without using so much stuff. And that's just the evolution of a designer. And as much as I love textiles, I do not have to give them all to you in one room. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... Right. I mean, sometimes it says more with one textile. That yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's my personal trend. That's my new trend. And hopefully <laughs> the two projects that I'm working on in particular that are clients that we did 10 years ago who called us back and said it's time to refresh. Um, hopefully they are ready to roll with the new MSB. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying our podcast. My name is Anna Brockway, and I'm the co-founder and president of Cherish. If you're a designer who's struggling with long lead times from suppliers and increasingly impatient clients, now is the time to shop with us. Our vintage antique and one-of-a-kind inventory is ready to ship right now. To learn more, visit Cherish.com. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H.com. And now back to the show. Okay, here's another question. It's not so much about trends, but I want to get a sense of how susceptible you guys are. Because like one of the things that I've noticed in the past six months is this huge resurgence of wicker and rattan furniture, which I I would think we could safely say is a trend. But it also, at the same time, looking back, like I don't know how many, speaking of, of design books, you know, Hamish Bowles did this beautiful book on Federico Forquet, a designer I wasn't even familiar with, a fashion designer who became an interior designer in his own homes and, and was amazing. He's still alive, but he's rather old at this point. But his work from 40 years ago was full of wicker and rattan furniture. So do you look to the past, beyond the fashion runways? What else do you guys look at that inspires you? I think looking to the past is such an amazing way to be inspired about design and understanding historically references that are so important and how to sort of modernize that and carry it through into your own design and and how to bring in elements that you love but haven't necessarily used before in the past. And I actually just, it's so funny that you said that because I I would not know that that is a trend, wicker and rattan. Oh, yeah. Where are you seeing this right now? There's whole new collections. (laughs) Zone has a big new collection. I've been seeing it. Oh, so I mean, yes. they've always done some, but I've been seeing lots of new pieces of wicker and, and the American companies, too, are starting to do more wicker and caning. You know, I was in Made Goods yesterday and they got a big new shipment in and I was like, 
what is happening here? Everything was caned and we were in the South. So of course I look back all the time right. and I love came back. Have I gotten it in? Not so much, but I remember a couple of years ago, Kara Mann did these great came back chairs for Milling Road. Mm -hmm. So cool. I was able to buy those they, because they were stained black. So it was a little bit sexier, kind of, you know, old meets new. And a lot of times, you know, we get things inherited, you know, that I have to use. And as opposed to looking at it as a negative, that reference is a cool thing. That's just a great layer and talking point for the room. And the other thing I love to do is the designers that inspire me, I want to learn about the designers that inspired them. And that look back really teaches you so much. It's interesting because I think on Instagram, a lot of people post other people's work that they love or inspired them. And so it's it's kind of like history becomes new and it's everything's of the same moment. What about you, Bridget? How do you find things from the past that inspire you? What's your favorite medium? A book. <laughs> books. You're an old, you're, I love old school girls like you, baby. I do. I love books. There's just something so fantastic about ending my day and coming into this room and picking up a book that maybe I haven't seen in a couple years and just soaking in all of the information. And research is so important for us in seeing new things. And it's fantastic because we're now in a place, in a position where there are new artists and new craftspeople all the time and they will send us, you know, like Michelle and Jessica, and I, they'll send us their new pieces and images and things like that. So we get to see new things that are happening. So bringing that together with the research and even clients sometimes, they just like Michelle said, they'll have pieces that they want to use or rework and all of these things come together, but I soak in from everywhere. I soak in just visually by looking inside or outside. I soak in with the internet, with books, with conversations with colleagues, you know, all the all of these things bring me new information. And then the craftspeople themselves, like I said, you know, saying, here's my new work and what do you think? And that's really fun to discover new works. And so I pull from everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Are these books design books or stories and its character development that's inspiring you? What's happening? That's a great question. It's all of it. It's absolutely all of it. Like I have a section that's just fashion. I have a section that's interior design. I have a section that is fashion photography. I have a section of reading books there. I mean, they're so, I love a book. I love mm -hmm. the end of the day and it's my time. Yeah, it's cathartic. It, it really is. Just opening and smelling the book and seeing the pictures. Oh, yeah. and, you know, it's you just, sound like it, Carrie from Sex in the City in the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's my porn. Books are my right, porn. Right. <laughs> you know, they okay, are. Okay, so what about movies, guys? Because I was just going to suggest me. movies. And can I just tell you, last spring I saw the new version of Emma. Uh -huh. Which was great. Which was great. And the rooms were incredible. And then I was watching Bridgerton and I thought, oh my God, Three months from now, everything's going to be a pastel, <laughs> a vivid pastel. And I think set designers, and this is something you want to do a Cherish podcast coming up with set designers, because I think they're kind yes. of unsung heroes. I want to be a set designer. I think Listen, it's like the coolest. What's the film Ratchet from Ryan Murphy? Oh, yes. The way the sets supported oh that story, gosh. it was yes. unbelievable. And the Queen's Gambit, I Absolutely. was just, I was losing it. Losing yeah. it. So good. Yeah, I predict that I'm seeing, after Bridgerton especially, and the Emma, <laughs> I think that we're going to be seeing lots more. Not Pepto pink, but I think pink, and I think turquoise, <laughs> and I think blue. That's my prediction for trends. I think we're going to start to see a new trend 
trend, I said the word, that people are going to start to be more playful with design, I think. Everyone needs to just take a sigh of relief and really just have a little bit more fun. Let your hair down. Like, it's going to be like the roaring 20s again, you know? People are going to start partying. There's going to be, I think... Whatever direction it goes in, whether it's decadent, whether it's colorful, whether there's like new shapes or you're playing with the scale of things in rooms, like there's going to be a sort of playful resurgence, whether it's postmodern or something like that, that's going to be really interesting. And I'm excited to sort of see what this year brings out in terms of design. I love what you say. Everybody is sort of bringing to the table because it is. It's been a very heavy year. (laughs) And just when we think it's getting a little bit lighter and you can feel like you can start to breathe again, it's like something else happened. And I think, you know, design is so creative and so fun it's mentally taxing, I know. For, <laughs> but you know, doing it is the hard part. Multiple jobs, like, but it is fun and it is meant to be so fun. And I think that that is such a big part of it that I think designers are going to want to start expressing that and, and lighten the mood a little bit. Well, hopefully design enriches your life. And that's, you yeah. know, and what do we need more? Whimsy, charm. Yeah. You yeah. Know. For sure. What do you for see sure. ahead, Michelle? You know, I was listening to what Jessica was saying, and especially the scale part. And I love playing with scale. I would like to put a floral lamp on top of the table. (laughs) A a friend of mine just gave me this Gucci holiday book, and it's an address book (laughs) in 2021. (laughs) Anyone's writing down addresses, and I thought it was the funniest thing. But everybody's dressed like a black exploitation film. I was like, I have (laughs) that's very cool. I like that. It is cool. I mean. The way they're showing things and the nostalgic point of view and direction, it's really causing me to appreciate more about that period than I did. And even the materials that they used and how they played with furniture, everything was plaid and everything was woven with leather straps on it and heavy wood plinth bases. And there's room for that. I mean, it's at Minoti. But it's refined. I don't know why I keep referencing that brand, but it's just refined. <laughs> you know, all the elements are there. And I just find that so interesting. And so I agree with you, Bridget, that research is really important. It really is. And honestly, that's the kind of thing that always seals the deal with me when I'm doing a consultation. And you know what you're talking about and you're throwing things out there and the client's like, huh? <laughs> it's a little dispiriting. <laughs> but they trust you. You know what I mean? They trust well, it's also me. your job to sort of, you have done that research, right? And yes. as a designer, like your job to sort of guide them. Exactly. So Bridget, what are you thinking about for the year ahead? Is there anything that you said, oh, I'd really love to use this in a project or a color that you've been thinking about or a fabric even? Well, what's so great is there's so many new fabrics that are always coming out. And I've seen some fabrics in the past, I would say, week. And it's been fun because since we're all, a lot of us are working from home, I'm, mm-hmm. I have fabrics coming to my house and my house is a mess just filled with all these really great fabrics. I'm loving it. My family is not. Um, so <laughs> I, I love, and I think these fabrics have become sort of just classics. They were a trend, but now there are classics. You know, I love a boucle. I love an alpaca. I love, now they're coming out with all these faux that I think are really great too and really look quite real, if you will. So you're getting into the textural. I love textures. I really do because I think that what they do is they bring warmth into a space. And I like for every piece to be a statement. And so I do love putting fun fabrics on or or interesting fabrics or just great colors. 
And right now, I would say that my clients obviously don't know each other. And there's a similar conversation that's happening here in L.A. And it is a lot about making rooms calm Mm -hmm. and making Mm -hmm. rooms uh, sort of breathable and easy. And I'm calling it livable lux. You know, so everybody wants the rooms to be beautiful, but easy and comfortable. And that will make one's mood relaxed. Livable Lux. I love that as a trend. That is great. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, (laughs) I want to ask you guys, not to put you on the spot, but what are some of the trends from the past, let's say the past 25 years? Some of you aren't that old, I know, but think back. I'm old. (laughs) Things that were trends that you really hated and want never to come back. It's funny because I'm doing a hotel right now in Miami and Miami is like the home of Art Deco and this is a Mediterranean revival building and it's really the clients wanted it to be very like whimsical, very sort of like over the top designed and that's what we delivered. So I never thought in a million years that I would ever use chintz mm-hmm. like ever and it's not even mediterranean but <laughs> we have chintz hallways okay wow. it is wild so Fun. i mean you know the things that you find yourself doing you never say never you never say you hate anything because i always think there's something that you can learn That's you know true. from something that you initially it, it everything is acquired taste you know you're always learning from things so maybe taking something that you don't like or you don't understand and sort of like redefining it and putting it into your design can sort of change the way that you appreciated it in the past. Cool. Cool. Makes any sense. That was so diplomatic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Michelle, here's your chance to be non-diplomatic. What do you hate? I'm sure there are things you'd absolutely detest. Burn the whole decade. No, I'm (laughs) joking. Um, (laughs) In their exceptions to every rule, right? Of I was course. just thinking, like, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, but the accent wall. Oh, hate an accent enough wall. Enough with that already. Like, just, <laughs> just stop it. If a client says to me an accent wall one more time, I'm like, no, we don't do accent walls. <laughs> stop it. Especially if, especially if it's just paint. If it's just a paint color, why just engulf the whole damn room? Like, what the hell? I know that one wall <laughs> that's just hanging out there. The accent wall. And I, I don't want to offend anybody here because I, I thrown to love you all just so quickly. <laughs> but shiplap, enough. Okay. Enough. Well, I enough. think shiplap if you're at the ocean in New England, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. If but if you're <laughs> but <laughs> properly placed. But if you're in Atlanta. Exactly. I mean, come on, just because it is a trend doesn't mean that it applies. Oh, you're right. Yes. One thing that I never thought that that I'd love that I think is so sexy is a uh, bouillon fringe. Mm. I'll never oh, get over yeah. it. And that is starting to come back as a trend. Trims in general, it I think, are back is. in a way. Yeah, trims, trims are, are back. really coming back in a big way. I do not like them all. I feel like <laughs> it is. <laughs> I feel like it's sometimes. I feel like it's putting lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just too much. I'm decorating a pillow. I don't need that. You know, I don't need, I don't need that. But sometimes it really does add. It's yeah, and sometimes it does. You're exactly right. It's just about how, how great of an editor the designer is. Mm-hmm. And Bridget, what about you? What do you love and hate? Well, I love the curvy sofas. There was a period where every, there was a curved sofa coming out every two minutes. Like, oh, everyone make one. <laughs> <Yeah>. True, true. <laughs> 
Anyway, how much homage does Vladimir Kagan need? I really? Mean, he, he was a wonderful <laughs> man. I love it. Brilliant designer, but you know, okay. Right? <laughs> right. So I did go through this period where I thought, not another one, but I love them. You know, not all, not mm-hmm. all, but you can see some now that I think that has really transcended into something that I, when I find a really beautiful one, I, I do. I love that. And I love what it does for a room so and what it does for conversation so i do mm-hmm. love a good curvy sofa so thanks vladimir very much for that um so that's a trend that i really <laughs> like and appreciate and i also like that with lighting there's now vintage lighting is such a thing but so many people are doing versions of vintage lighting and in, in a new way and i like that I like seeing really beautiful lighting because I think that's sort of like the the jewelry in a room. So I love that pulling from vintage and and getting something great and or just finding a great vintage piece is really quite amazing. What don't I like? That's really a hard question because Jessica's absolutely right where you can look at something and say no, but then in the right environment it could be everything. For whatever the reason, you just sort of reinterpret it. You can see the bones of it, if you will, and take what would work in the space, be it a color, be it whatever it is that you're, you're pulling from or the piece, and you can just maybe shift it. I can't say there's something I just want 100% absolutely, I'm trying to think if I absolutely <laughs> hate. Maybe just bubblegum paint. I don't know. Come to this moment. I don't know. I don't know. Well, guys, I I can't thank you enough for all of this advice not to follow trends and then all the trends that we should be following. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really going to be so valuable to our audience. And I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the Cherish podcast. And of course, I mostly want to thank my amazing guests, Bridget Romanek, Michelle Smith-Boyd, and Jessica Schuster. And thank you all for listening to the Cherish podcast. You've been listening to the Cherish podcast, brought to you, of course, by Cherish, which was recently voted by the readers of USA Today as the best place to shop online for furniture and home decor. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or colleague. Or better yet, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We appreciate your help in spreading the word. And we would love your ideas for future episodes. Please email us at podcast at cherish.com. The Cherished Podcast is produced by Britta Muller and engineered by Hangar Studios in New York. Until next time.